there is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. Those are the words of our founder, Ernest Holmes. That is what he said. There is a power in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. And so I thought it was appropriate to start that way because this month we're talking about the power of mind, and that's exactly what Ernest Holmes was talking about, that power in the universe that is greater than we are, that we are a part of, that we can use. We're talking about that all this month. We started with the, right, the consciousness of oneness, and last week we talked about the consciousness of abundance. These are all the principles of this one mind, and today we're talking about living in the all. <clears throat> and that is that power and presence, which is what we are. We're not going anywhere to get it. We're not outside of ourselves. This is who and what we are. You know, and, and a lot of times I refer to core concept one. There are 10 core concepts in the science of mind philosophy, and I refer to core concept one a lot, <laughs> a lot. God is all there is, right? I mean, that's what we know. That's core concept one. God is all there is. God is all, over all, in all, through all, as all. That's all there is, is God. God is the principle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. That means it just expands into infinity in all directions. So wherever we are, we're at the heart of God. Wherever we are, we are at the center of God because there is no circumference. It extends into infinity in all directions. It is all there is. It is the life principle. Not a big old guy with a long white beard sitting on a cloud somewhere, looking down going, bless, 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 smite, smite, bless, 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 you know? No, it's not that. It's a principle. It is a life principle. It's what it is. So everything that God is is present everywhere. Everything that God is, everything we attribute to God is present everywhere, right? All of those qualities that we affirm that God is all love, all joy, all peace, all, all harmony, all, all prosperity, all of those good qualities that God is, that's, that's us. Those are qualities of us. They have exists within us. Everything that God is exists within us and is present in all of its manifestations, not just us in this room, but all life everywhere. That means I am an activity of spirit. I'm simply an activity of spirit. I'm an event spirit is having, right? I am an activity of spirit. You are an activity of spirit. Say that. I am an activity of spirit. That's all you are. I am an activity of spirit. Say it again. I am an activity of spirit. That's what we are. We contain the allness of spirit in whatever degree that we choose to embody it, embrace it, and demonstrate it. Spirit has seen fit to incarnate itself as all life everywhere. So we are some part of that life of God. You know, the Greeks had a saying, know thyself, right? You, you've heard that like 100 billion times, I'm sure. Know thyself. Well, they probably adopted it from the ancient Egyptians. You know, in the temple of Luxor, there was an, there was an outer room and there was an inner room, right? And, <clears throat> and there were two parts to it. Now, the exterior room was for the initial students, the, 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 the newbies, <laughs> if you were, right? And, they, and, the, and then the inner temple was for the advanced students who go further and farther and deeper into these mystery school teachings. Well, on the external temple was the saying, the body is the house of God. 
That's what it said on the external. The body is the house of God. On the internal temple, it said, man, know thyself, and you are going to know the gods. That was the end of that saying. Because they knew this is where it's happening. This is where spirit's happening. It is happening within us. Each one of us is the universe expressing itself and all of creation. We, we are the isness. <laughs> I love that word. We are the isness of divine creativity, of divine intelligence. This is who and what we are. We are that. Divine mind is saying, I am through our life, through each one of our lives. Spirit is speaking, I am through each one of us. And so I do refer to core concept one a great deal. God is all there is, because that is the basis for our entire faith and philosophy, <clears throat> is that God is all there is. And wherever you look and whatever you see, that's God in form. That's all it is, God choosing another form. Blade of grass, God in form. Tree, God in form. You, God in form. That's all there is. That's all there is. We are spirit knowing of itself in form. So I do refer to it. <clears throat> it is the first core concept of science of mind and spirit philosophy. But there are nine more. <laughs> there are nine more. There are ten core concepts, right? <clears throat> and we talked about them. We talk about them in, in foundations class. We talk about them in a lot of different classes we teach here at Vision. You will hear about the ten core concepts of science of mind and spirit a lot here. I know I only refer to the one a lot up here. <laughs> but strap in, boys and girls, because we're going for the other nine right now. <laughs> okay, so when you're in foundations class, you'll hear about all ten of them, right? Um, and, and actually, and they show up in other classes. They show up in self-mastery, and they show up in treatment and meditation. We'll talk about the ten core concepts of science of mind. Well, when I was in ministerial school, we had to memorize all ten. And we had to memorize them in order, and we had to know what they did, and we had to know what they were. And so... So I use, you know, mnemonics, right? Those, those, it's a word or it's a phrase that'll stand for all of the components of the thing that you want to memorize. Do you remember doing that in school? You know, every good boy deserves fun. Who's the music people here? Every, okay, every good boy deserves fun. You know that the lines, right, on the music? Or there's the ever popular, <clears throat> kids prefer cheese over fried green spinach. No? Taxonomy, the order of taxonomy, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. You didn't learn that? Uh, I was a biology major. <laughs> That's kind of what I did. You know, come on. I cannot be the only nerd in the room that did this in school. There's got to be other nerds like me. My very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas. Yes? No? Yes? You know, right? You know? Well, you can drop the pizzas off because it's no longer a planet. We could just say nachos, right? My very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas, right? Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Okay, but Pluto's not a planet anymore, so you can just drop it off. <laughs> Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Ah, see, somebody's saying yes. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, the order of operations in math, right? Right? Parentheses, exponents. You know, on and on and on. What is it? Division, mul multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. This is the way we remembered things in school, yes? Or is it only me? <laughs> is it only me? 
What about, um, what about Superman helps everyone? Superman helps everyone. Okay, come on, where are my Michigan people? Superman helps everyone. Great Lakes from west to east. Great Lakes from west to east. Superior, Michigan, Huron, Erie, Ontario. Yes, exactly. So this is how I learned. I don't know. Is this, this is like, huh? Homes, that's right. Homes also. Okay, so this is the way we learn things. So when it came to the 10 core concepts of science of mind, oh, to dine peacefully with another reverend never intending conflict. how I learned it. That's how I learned it. Oh, to dine peacefully with another reverend, never intending conflict. There's the core concepts. O is O. Oneness, core concept one. God is all there is. God is all there is. Just like you heard on the intro of our dear Dr. Holmes, there is only one power and presence in the universe. It is God. And it flows through us. It animates our life. It lives itself through us, right? There is only one. Ernest Holmes said this in, a, in actually in one of those Sunday talks. He said, the way to get rid of fear is to cultivate faith, a faith founded on the thought that God is all there is. If we learn to see God in people and in circumstances and in situations, we shall find God. Well, think about that. Seek and ye shall find. When we turn with complete confidence, simple childlike faith and trust, to life itself, it always responds to us. It's just recognizing that God is all there is. We are safe in this universe because God is all there is. So number two, T, right? O, two, dine. So the T is for the triune nature, spirit, soul, body. That's what we teach, right? The teaching symbol. I don't know if it's up there. No, it's not. Whatever. You know the teaching symbol with the big V, three aspects. There are three aspects right? Spirit, soul, body, or, or the active, the word, and the, and the passive or receptive, the law. And then you have the manifestation, the point of the teaching symbol, the point of the V, that which results. That is the triune nature of spirit. That's kind of the way it works. And the third, the third core concept is the D. Oh, two, darn. Okay, D. Divine creative process. That's the way it works. How it works. Seed, soil, plant, Right? We do, in our own lives, what, what spirit does on the grand scale, Mac, um, macrocosm, microcosm, right? We are some part of that energy, so we do what spirit does. We speak our word. It lands on a receptive soil, on a receptive medium, that universal subjective mind, which means it is subject to, subject to the word, our word, and manifestation results. It's the way it works, and it goes on forever and ever and ever. That's what spirit does. It outpictures. So the fourth core concept, peacefully. Oh, to dine peacefully. Okay, so the P is for prayer, the power of prayer. That's core concept four. Prayer increases our faith. That's why we do it. We don't do it to God. We don't do it to, to worship God or to give thanks to God or to somehow praise God. God does not need our approval. I mean, come on. <sighs> We do prayer to open our own minds, to accept the good in, in our lives, to, to enlarge our own consciousness so that we get to accept that we are good enough. Prayer is to help us get to the place where we can accept the truth of who and what we are. 
We're not praying because it does anything to God. God could not even care less. God is just love. God's just love. It just sits and it's love. That's it. So we pray so that we can understand. We can understand the allness of God. We can understand the gift has already been given. We can understand we are already in the allness of life. And so that's what we do. We shouldn't be surprised when prayer works. Prayer always works. <laughs> it always works. You know, we should depend on it working. That's the thing. Not be surprised when it does, but just absolutely throw ourselves, you know, you know with abandon into this principle of it works. It works. And that's how we develop deeper faith, right? Because don't you know when you pray and then something happens and then you pray and something happens and then stuff starts happening and you go, oh my God, this stuff really works. And then you pray even more and then more stuff happens. It builds itself like that. It builds on itself because it raises our vibration. It's like, oh my God, I got a demonstration. Let me do that again. And you keep going. Builds and expands our faith. That's why we pray. It's to grow us. It doesn't do anything to God. Oh, to dine prayerfully or peacefully with with, with wholeness, the W stands for wholeness. Core concept five, everything, everything, everything occurs in a field of infinite inclusivity. Infinite inclusivity, which means every single thing in the manifest and unmanifest world is occurring in God. Everything happens in this infinite inclusivity, in this field of all God, even apparent opposites. Right? Because isn't that the first question you ask when you get to foundations class? Why is there evil? <laughs> if God's all good, why is there evil? It is infinite inclusivity, even those things that we would consider apparent opposites. We are free to experience as little or as much good as we choose, right? We are free to experience as little or as much happiness, as little or as much joy. We are on a continuum of the qualities of God. We live in this continuum, which means there's only love. There's only love. And over here, there's a teensy, tiny bit of love, you know? The littlest amount of love we can express over here is the infinite love, unconditional love, amazing, unboundless love. So we call this thing something else. We call this hate, and we call this love, and we set up a duality for ourselves that does not exist. We are, in a, we are on a continuum of these qualities. God is all there is. Love is all there is. But we get to choose how much of it we are going to experience all along the way. We're free. And that free will allows us to be miserable. Yes. <laughs> like we would do that for some reason. I don't know. Oh, to dine peacefully with another. The A stands for abundance. We live in an abundant universe now where everything is already provided. We have enough sunshine to survive. We have enough air to breathe. We have enough water. You know, water is a closed system on this planet. Did you know that? Water is a closed system. It doesn't go anywhere. It can't escape the atmosphere. It evaporates, it goes up in the sky, and then it comes back down again. It's some places more than others. Okay, I'll grant you that. But it is a closed system. We got all the water we could possibly use keeps just recycling itself over and over. There is already enough of everything. Now, distribution might be a challenge for us sometimes, right? We get kind of greedy. We get a little, thank you so much. I love it. See, there's enough to go around. <laughs> we have everything we need. 
It may not be right in front of us. It may not be right in our bank account at the moment. But we know that there is more than enough. There is lavish abundance. And, and you know, the universe and spirit tries to tell us that all the time. You know, cut open a tomato. Look at all those seeds, right? Look at the grass that grows. Look at the leaves on the trees. Uh, the universe is trying to show us the infinite abundance of its own nature all the time. And we're standing in our little lack. We're standing in our little lack and not enoughness. And we're ignoring all of the, the signals and the signs that we are indeed in an abundant universe. What was I up to? Um, totally lost my, totally abundance, abundance. Okay, I was up to abundance. Just like lost the sentence altogether. Okay, Ode to Dine peacefully with another reverend. The R stands for reciprocity. Reciprocity. We, we get what we give the law of karma. We, we, we get returned to us what we are. If we want more love in our life, what? We have to be more love in the world. If we want joy in our life, we have to be joyful and joy-filled. It is a universe of reciprocity. Divine balance is a quality of God. It's right up there. Divine balance is a quality of God, right? Order is the first law of heaven. And I know this because it says so in the Bible. <laughs> order is the first law of heaven because why? It's the first thing that spirit did, right? Separated the land from the water, separated day from night, separated all kinds of things up, right? Order, created order in the universe. Order is the first law of heaven. So, so everything is in divine balance. Everything, all of life is in a divine balance. So that's what reciprocity is. What you give out, you get back. What you give out, you get back. It's a divine balance. Oh, to dine peacefully with another reverend, reciprocity. Never, N was for never, that's the eternal now. Now, where everything resides. Everything resides right now. Oops, there you go. That moment ended, here's a new one. <laughs> and now here's a new one. And now here's a... Everything happens in the divine now, right? This is where we have our power. This is where we speak our word. This is why we teach the five steps of, of affirmative prayer. We say what? You always speak in the present tense, always, as if it's happening now. Because why? Because it's some part, some, some part of the mind of God. It is happening now. It may not be showing up in your own little personal experience at the moment, but everything is happening in the eternal now. It is, it is where we speak our word. It is where we manifest our good, the eternal now. The past is gone. That's where regrets live. Leave them there, okay? Leave them there. The future hasn't happened yet. That's where worry lives. Leave that there. Worry, when, ha when has worry paid off for you? When has being in worry actually paid off for anybody? It doesn't. All it does is make your present miserable. It's all it does. So you leave that there. The present moment is all we have. And you sit here and you say, this present moment is pretty damn good. I have air, I have water, I have sunshine, I have my body that's working, right? The present moment is perfect. This is where you speak your word from, the present moment. Oh, it's beautiful right here in the present moment. Oops, that one's gone, now there's a new present moment. Okay, that one's gone, now there's a new one. The present moment is where we speak, where we have our power, where our word is impressed upon a creative law that creates our manifestations. Now, 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 now. Oh, to dine peacefully with another reverend, never intending immortality. We are ageless, deathless, timeless, immortal 
beings. We have all the time that we could possibly need to do whatever it is that we want to do. Now, don't waste it, but don't worry over it either. Oh my God, I don't have enough time, right? How many times have we said that? Oh, so many times. I don't have enough time, I don't have enough. You have time. And we are ageless, deathless, timeless, immortal beings. Your soul has all the time it wants. It has eternity. It has eternity. There's no rush for anything. But we think that we don't. We think that this is all there is. We've got eternity. Ernest Holmes said he couldn't even do a memorial service if he believed in death. Right? No, the soul just evolves. It just evolves. It just takes on new form. It takes on new experiences. What are they? I don't know. And if anybody tells you they know what happens after you die, run screaming from the room because nobody knows. But, but I believe that our soul is eternal. Ernest Holmes believed that there is an internal unfolding. Something else happens. Who knows what it is? Maybe there's another universe someplace. Maybe there's another galaxy where, where the we're silicone-based life forms and not carbon-based. Who knows? Maybe there's 19 dimensions at some other place we want to experience. Who knows? Who knows what's out there? We are divine, ageless, deathless, timeless, immortal souls expressing immortality, never intending conflict. Conflict is the big thing, right? That's the C word, never intending conflict. Christ consciousness, this is where we're getting this is where we're going. This is, this is our eternal birthright. We get to evolve to this place where we see as God sees. We see as God sees. We act as the divine spirit in the world. We are the healing, transformational energy the world is calling for us to be. We are that. We're already that. Now it's just a matter of convincing ourselves, right? That's why we're in all of these 10 core concepts. We get to know this. And when we put it all together, we are living in the all. We recognize we're already where we think we want to be. We are already where we're attending all of those workshops and seminars and webinars and all that stuff to try to get to. We're already here. We're already here. We live consciously about all of this. And all of the qualities of God, when we live consciously and allow it to flow through us without us shutting it down by false belief or by fear or by limitations and thoughts of lack, we are already living in the all, right? We are the lilies of the field. We are that, right? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. We're being told that we are being given life. We are not only a part of it, but all of it. We're being given all of life to do with as we choose. And we choose sometimes like little teeny tiny, oh, that's okay, I'll just take a little bit, you know? And, and yet we are, we are being given all of life to become what? To become more self-expressed, to become more self-actualized, to become more of what spirit knows us to be. That's all, we've been given all the tools We've been given all the energy. We've been given all the qualities. We are here to express them to live as big and self-actualized and full and complete and happy as we can. We are, and, and, and we use the power of prayer to expand our faith, to believe that this is true, yes, and to, do, and to work these principles. Now, we're not here just to listen to me talk about them on Sunday mornings, right? You know that. 
You got to go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And use them. Experiment on them. Use all of these principles. Test them. Experiment with them. Prove to yourself that they work. And we use the power of prayer. That's, a, that's one of our big, you know, foundation, right? Prayer, meditation. Those are our big, that's are our biggies, you know? If you're going to say, what do we do in religious science? We pray, we meditate, and we manifest stuff. Yay. Okay. <laughs> but prayer is the biggie, you know? It's right there on the wall. Prayer changes things. And, and prayer changes us. And that's really what we're talking about. It expands our consciousness. It allows us to grow to that point where all of these core concepts are like, yeah, that is the truth of me. Yes, it is. You know what Gandhi said about prayer? He said, prayer is not an old woman's idle amusement. Properly understood and applied, prayer is the most potent instrument of action. That's big stuff. This is where we allow the power and presence to flow through us. That power and presence that Ernest Holmes talked about at the beginning, we allow it to flow through us through prayer. We are we are consciously living in the allness of life. We know infinite possibilities are ours. They are ours. Everything is open to us. We see all of the qualities of God. These guys right here. We see all of the qualities of God as dynamic energies that simply flow through us into the world around us. And we get to pick and choose those qualities. We align with the ones we most enjoy. We get to express them. We we embrace them. We make them welcome, right? Ernest Holmes said, we don't make things happen. We make things welcome. We welcome them. Abundance is ours. When we're living in the all, we know nothing of lack. Do you think God knows about lack? God knows nothing of lack. Why do we? It's our choice. We're surrounded by infinite supply, always. We make it welcome. We know what we, get, what we send out, we give back. We know this, right? In New York, it was, hey, what goes around comes around. You know what I mean? Okay, that's how I learned it, <laughs> but it's the same thing. Life is balance and order. Life is already balance and order. There's nothing you're going to do about it, right? Order, the first law of heaven. We speak our word, and an ordered universe manifests because of that, manifests things in the physical world. So yes, what we do to others comes back on us. We live in a universe of perfect reciprocity. And all this occurs in the, in, the, in the eternal now. Everything occurs in the eternal now. All of our power resides here. Our prayer, our faith, our power, our wisdom, every quality of God exists right now. Every time we speak our word, we're, ma we're manifesting something. Be careful of what your word is, right? Be careful of what those I am statements are that you're saying. I am broke. I am poor. I am lonely. I am old. I am whatever, whatever, whatever. And the universe keeps saying, okay, fine, sure, yeah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It always says yes. Every demand we make on the universe is spoken in the present moment. Think of what you're saying. And we have to eliminate fear from the vocabulary. Fear is a liar. That's all there is to it. We don't fear. There's no failure in God. There is no lack, no limitation, no death to the immortal soul that knows the truth of us. Ernest Holmes said this in an article he wrote in 1948. Faith comes only through a conviction that God is overall, in all, and through all. It comes only when we feel this intimate and direct relationship to spirit. But more than this and higher is the necessity for developing an in intimate relationship with life. 
a feeling that we belong to it and we are one with it. A faith and a conviction so deep, so all-pervading, that no shadow of doubt ever crosses the mind. That's, that's what living in the all means. We are transcendent beings from glory to glory. We pass from this to something greater. There is no lack. There is no limitation. There is no fear to the soul that knows who we are because it recognizes our eternal nature. And more than anything else, as we embrace this Christ consciousness, which core concept was that? Thank you. Ten. See, somebody's listening. Yay. <laughs> As we embrace that core concept, ten, the Christ consciousness, the oneness with all life, we recognize all beings as our brothers and sisters. We recognize all life is sacred. We recognize every manifestation of spirit as the divine outpicturing of spirit itself, of life's givingness to itself. We see that all life, all life, is some part of the life of God. And then we truly are living in the all. I love you dearly. Thank you so much.